Hi, welcome to the Brick Filmers Guild podcast, hosted by us, the Four Monkeys. On this podcast, we had the extreme pleasure of chatting with Zach Macias of Mind Game Studios. Zach's YouTube channel, which was originally named Zach MG, has almost 40,000 subscribers. Now Zach runs a company called Mind Game Studios, and it is an award-winning film and animation company specializing in stop-motion with Lego bricks. Since 2005, he has produced dozens of short independent and commercial videos for the web, most of which can be viewed on YouTube. Three of his videos on his channel have over 1 million views each. This podcast is sponsored by Brick Warriors. Prepare to take your Lego minifigures to the next level with a whole world of imaginative custom Lego accessories from Brick Warriors. Brick Warriors offers custom Lego-compatible weapons, guns, helmets, armor, and accessories. All Brick Warriors toys fit seamlessly with your Lego minifigures and are made from the same high-quality ABS plastic. Visit them online today at www.brickwarriors.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Ninja Brick. For all the latest Lego leaks, news, and reviews, check out ninjabrick.com. Also, be sure to follow their social media channels, Ninja Brick News, for regular Lego giveaways and subscribe to their newsletter for exclusive updates. Their independent website has been created as a hub for Lego fans around the globe who want to catch up on all the latest news and reviews. As their website grows, they aim to build a community of fans offering help and tips to other like-minded people who are just as passionate about Lego. So please check out ninjabrick.com. Please help support the Brick Filmers Guild podcast by becoming a patron on our Patreon page. Our Patreon supporters get early access to each podcast along with a few other perks. We'd love it if you would support us there, but either way, our podcast will always be available for free. So, without further ado, here's our conversation with Zach. Good morning, Zach. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very glad to be here. How are you doing over there? How's the weather? Is it nice and warm? Uh, you know, it's actually looking like a pretty nice day out today. It's been sort of intermittently cla- uh, overcast or sunny. It looks like uh, we landed on sunny. Cool. Nice. Good for you. Yeah, we're still warm here, sadly. Very, very, uh, st- <laughs> very nice, st- very nice. I'm still waiting for winter, but, you know. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, There's is coming i promise really okay i'm gonna hold you to that (laughs) or so they tell me all right well fingers crossed um first i i also want to thank you for judging the 2016 bfg film festival we really appreciate you taking the time to to watch all those amazing videos oh yes of course actually it was uh my pleasure my pleasure absolutely it was uh really a lot of fun getting just to kind of go through that list i haven't like really sat down and like watched that many brick films in sequence in like a long, long time. So that was kind of cool to get to do that. And there was some really, really uh, incredible stuff from, among the uh, among the the list of contenders. Yeah, we've been really lucky. Then we we get so many amazing uh, brick films. It's really hard to choose. I'm glad that I don't have to be one of the judges. So I because I was start I was having a hard time choosing myself. I'm like no, no, no. So I was like okay, I got to just take myself out. I was getting too attached and. Do, do you guys not not you guys are just the organizers? You don't do uh, like judging on your own. You're sort of like the neutral. Dave like... judges, but I had to take myself out of the judging. Oh, was... I see. I also judge all the non-official categories, um, like best Star Wars or whatnot. You know. Um, mm-hmm. but... 
Um, are those like community like community votings? I know there's like the uh, like the best film with like the BFG logo in it, and I and I know you guys have like a few genre. I judge uh, I judge that one also, but all the official categories are judged by the five judges, and I'm one of those judges. Mm-hmm. Um, and you narrow them down, don't you? I before? narrow them down, although I didn't do a good job this year, so there was still around the fifty some or sixty or whatever. But I tr- I try to narrow down. Say if we were to get an eighty. I would probably mm-hmm. want to get it to around 50 or 60. Um, yeah. But I, I try not to cut it because I want the judges to see everything because they might see something I don't see and shouldn't have cut. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of when Nate and I were trying to uh, get the uh, the Bricks and Motion Awards uh, uh, off the ground for, for a couple of years and just sort of the, some of the uh, managerial headaches that, that came with that so I can, I can sympathize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will sometimes be a tiebreaker on something that Dave, you know, judges by himself and, and I'm happy doing that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I guess I just I get attached to, to things. And so it's hard for me, you know. But but ever since we started with the panel of judges, I haven't been let down by any of the judges that have participated. Everybody has pretty much been, a you know, everybody was judging things about the same. There were there was the differences between a few. But for the most part, you know, having five judges and all the scores tally up, you know, I felt gives us a pretty good idea of what the winner should be. But I mean, come on, it's art. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's. And I think because all the judges are all brick filmers themselves, it's a lot different. When I when I look at a brick film, I look at it so much different than than the way you guys would. So mm-hmm, I look mm-hmm. at it more from an artistic and fun and emotional level, whereas you guys look at different things. So I just didn't think it was fair for me to to, to be right, judging right. them. I guess I guess that's probably you know why it's you know it's good to have a panel of you know like-minded you know, brick filmers like you said just because we can all sort of approach looking at films and filmmaking from different perspectives and be able to kind of get a nice um, like cumulative opinion just on you know on these you know the cream of the crop of the year and then try and figure out you know who among them did what what best and, and how and why. And, and that's kind of the great fun, I think, of just being in a community of filmmakers that you all get to sort of talk and debate and share share and debate opinions on on thing, things like that. But it's all, you know, in the service of, you know, filmmaking and film and meriting filmmaking. And I think that's really cool. Absolutely. I mean, the brick filming community, I mean, to me, what's most exciting is that everybody really is like, one big family. Um, do, do families all get along all the time? No, but I mean, but it really is a community, a family. Everybody cares. We're all after the same thing. And any any website or any community that promotes the art of what we're all passionate about is just great for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody. It really is. And, I'm, and I've, it's been, really, it's been a ride kind of getting to be a part of that community for, um, Oh, good lord! How long has it been now? I, it was I, uh, for you, I think almost almost uh, thirteen. I think thirteen years for me now. Wow, that's a long Can time. I, you sure it's not yeah. longer? Because we've had fourteen facts, and you did the first one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Did we skip or no? Um, you skipped a few, but you've done I think eight. I've done of fourteen. I've done 10. a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to um, that more. <laughs> I, I remember my first brick film. I'm pretty sure was in two thousand and five, and. Yeah, and, and like January, so and we're about to come up on that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's about to be my my thirteenth anniversary. That's Holy awesome. cow! What was that film? Uh, that was my riff on the door. It was probably not exactly age appropriate for you know me being thirteen. But yeah. um, do you guys do you guys remember? Um, 
Oh, do you guys remember an old brick film called About a Door? Uh, I don't think I saw that. Okay, well, it's this really, really old film, I think from like 2000, somewhere between 2002, 2004, but it's actually one of the most clever premises I've ever seen in in anything, really. It's uh, it's about, okay, so it's like you got your little Lego people in town, they're walking around, and there's this gigantic door on this wall just sort of in the middle of town square, and there's a gigantic sign next to it that says, do not open this door. And the people come, and they, they see this, and they're looking at it, and they're trying to decide, you know, what, what the heck, you know, what the heck is this thing? Or like, you know, what could possibly be behind it? And then it sparks, sparks, yeah, this, this sort of feud between the conservatives who want to keep it shut and like the liberals who want to open it. And this, and it becomes this sort of interesting, like face off between, between these two sides over whether or not this door should be open. It's, and it's, it's a really funny, funny film by a guy named, um, well, I remember his screen name was, was Holgore. But uh, it was this really clever film, and it inspired a series of like spinoff or parody movies for a short while. And I guess I kind of jumped in on that trend a little late. But um, that was the inspiration for my very first film called The Door and Beyond. Which we did watch. You know, <laughs> so. Now, there's, there's one video not on your site, and I found it through the, um, the wiki site of mm-hmm. The Croc. Was that before or after? Oh, wow. You guys, you guys have done your research. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that takes me back. The Croc. Okay. Um, that was before The Door, right? Uh, I think that was like my second film. Okay. In, I don't remember. Like immediately after The Door, possibly. Okay. I, um, I feel like The Door was like my was like kind of like my, I don't know, but date, like, that that was like my first like official film. I feel like that that was one that was the first one I like put online and on brickfilms.com and like showed off to to the the community. Okay. The croc was um the croc was like I I barely even remember that film. Like I I think it was more of like a test or just like it I mean looked, I was still young and it looked kind of like a test. <laughs> it was about like uh, my uh, the wrong uniform I made one of my first ones I ever made it kind of was on like that although I think you might have <laughs> achieved a better result than my first one but it's fun watching That's those a good watch. it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah it, it is kind of fun to go back and watch your old stuff or well probably for other people for me I always just kind of like sit back and like kind of I'm, I have a trouble watching it I just kind of like uh, uh, my old stuff it's bad <laughs> it's, <laughs> well you you kind of got yourself pretty quickly within that first year or two to a really good level of animation to where your animation even back in 2006 was really pretty good thank uh, you i appreciate that I, I think or maybe was, uh, you, you made uh, a macbeth scene it was more of a matrix style gunfight yeah. uh, that that was sharp <laughs> thank for, you thank for, you for as early on you 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 made a really good uh, yeah i mean there. even your your walking was so smooth um even back then and that is something that's hard for a lot of people to get, you know, even after years. And you just like smooth. That's all I can say. It's just like it's just amazing <laughs> to watch. Thank um, you. How I, young I really you appreciate were. that. And that one was made for that. That one was kind of a scramble too, because I made that for uh, that was for a high school project, like a kind of a pretty big high school project. And I didn't even uh, finish the thing, but um, you know, but uh, I'm really I'm really glad you guys said that because that was I think my first like real fight scene as well i don't recall having done like an act like action scenes before that film but um and i was kind of taking taking a bit of a gamble because i'm taking like a scene from Macbeth and i'm trying to like like i'm trying to do this thing with the matrix and i was just like kind of having to bend you know bend over backwards trying to make you know the themes and make the Mm -hmm. characters all fit and stuff but that one i remember was a lot of fun and also a bit of a bit stressful just because you know it's for 
you know, it's for a class project and I'm having to record my parents for voice acting like at midnight the night before it's due and, and such. But um, that, that was a really uh, fun experience. And I'm glad people seem to uh, to like that one. Yeah, that's really good. And and one of your real big standouts uh, in your early career was your loss of Sir Isaac Newton. Mm-hmm. Which has was... 465,000 views right now. Oh, I haven't checked in in a while. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm best. That's awesome. Um, and you did that as a, for a ninth grade science class? Yes, yes. Uh, I think that was the same year as Macbeth, actually. That was a big year for brick films for school <laughs> projects, apparently. Um, yeah, that was uh, Yeah, that was for a ninth grade um, – yeah, phys- a uh, physics – ninth grade physics project. And um, – how did that one come about? Because we got to choose how to do our own assignments. We had to do something on Isaac Newton, and um, I offered to make a film. And I went to a really cool high school where they kind of encouraged doing sort of, um, oh, uh, what's the term? Not like off the wall, but kind of like diff- like different or alternative ways of uh, like doing homework assignments of learning. That sounds um, good and creative. Anyway, yeah, yeah, but, but they they actively like encouraged that kind of thing. So I came to my teacher and I asked, "Hey, can I do, can I do this like you know stop motion Lego movie?" And I don't I don't know if she knew what to expect, but she said, uh, "Yeah, sure, uh, go for it." And um, and that one was also another a bit of a scramble too because that uh, project was actually two weeks uh, overdue. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that project ended up being like taking two weeks longer than needed to be, and my teacher was like kind of like starting to get a little nervous and like you know asking me like hey zach you know you know like i, I know these things take a while but how's it coming i'm like like and i'm just like ah trust me it's, it's gonna be good just just <laughs> i just I just need no, another another little bit you probably but, put 10 times the amount of work into it as everybody else did <laughs> I, I might have i don't know <laughs> i was i was a weird kid and it was like i was just really driven to like make it and just like make a film about it i don't know i was that, that was that's where my head was back then everything just needed a film about it and tell me you got an A plus. Oh, that, yeah, they, they they really did like it, so I'm I'm pretty sure I got I got an A on that one. And I loved your voice. I mean, it was just, it was really cute. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, not as yeah. cute as Forrest when he was doing it at 13, but it's close. It, but it was cute. The higher <laughs> voice when you hear these people is like, oh my gosh, is that him? It's just you just sound young, but it's cute. I know, cute yeah, young it's, though. Go, it's adorable. Going back to a, a bygone era. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's weird kind of going back and hearing my my old voice just like oh oh that, that, that's cute. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> and was that was that put in an animation festival in Oregon? That was, yeah, that and uh, Mirrored Perspective. Um, yeah, it was funny. Like both of those films got picked up by this this uh, like animation festival that happened in Portland. I think it was back in uh, how old was I? Uh, Two thousand seven, maybe. I think I was like about sixteen. But uh, yeah, Laws of Isaac Newton and another film I did the following year called um, Mirrored Perspective. Both of those got selected for some, for like a youth screening at this at this uh, festival called Platform. It was like this uh, animation festival. I don't know if it exists anymore, but uh, it was cool. I got to uh, yeah come out to Portland and go see my film get screened on on a you know theater sized screen. You know meet a lot of industry people and uh, it was a really cool experience. And oh, and Portland's an awesome city too. Yeah, Definitely I once. agree. Yep, I agree with that. It is amazing, beautiful. You guys, you guys ever been once? And once for me as well, but it was uh, left a huge impression, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Same here. It's, it's really a, it's neat. Pre- it's like a, a very large small town or a very small large town. 
that's a good way of putting it. I, I hadn't thought of that, but that's that's almost the perfect way. So, any listeners in Portland, uh, a thumbs up on your city, you guys. You guys are doing it right. Totally. I, I came very close to wanting to move there. <laughs> yeah, I said if Portland was on the East Coast, I'd I'd move there in a heartbeat. Well, there is one, but it's a little colder there. Well, I'd be and okay with that Portland. too. <laughs> but oh, there um, there is another. Portland. Not to say anything bad about Maine. Maine's pretty cool. I wouldn't mind living there too. Yeah. So going going back. What what is it that got you into brick filming originally? What is it that got me into brick filming? Um, I can actually trace it directly back to a to a, a buddy of mine named uh, Paul Conroy. <laughs> Paul Conroy. Um, so it was back in two thousand and four. I'm pretty sure Spider Man two had just come out that year. I have a weird way of remembering things. Um, so we're bored one summer afternoon. We're out skateboarding and on the cul de sac, and we're just kind of looking for stuff to do. And he suggests. Uh, why not? Why don't we make a movie? And you know, I say, yeah, that that sounds like fun. Let's do it. Now, at this time, I had we both had video cameras because we like to shoot uh, skateboard videos. We like to do skate videos because we were big skaters at the time. And I thought that's what we were going to be doing. But he goes in, grabs his camera and a stuffed animal and a whole bunch of chess pieces. And you know, I'm a little bit confused, but he, you know, sits me down on the side of me and he explains the process. I'm like, here, you know, we're going to make an animated movie. And he, you know, puts the camera on the concrete, arranges all the pieces as he wants to. And then, you know, and then he hits the record button on and off as fast as he could. Move, you know, moves it a little bit, hits the record button on and off as fast as he can. You know, you know the process. And, um, yeah, we just spent the afternoon uh, just making these little stop motion shorts on the sidewalk you know we would talk into the camera to do different voices and we just make up these stories kind of as we're going along doing these weird like low rent practical effects and you know i i think i just fell in love with it uh <laughs> fell in love with it just just that afternoon we would go on to make like another three or four of them that summer and um you know he you know would go you know would kind of forget about it it's like ah you know that was fun you know but i you know, you know, it was kind of that thing that just, you know, it sort of like woke something up, I guess. Right? It was just, it was just something I kind of was just constantly thinking about. But um, how I got into brick filming specifically. Uh, so after that summer, a couple of months later, I was on, I was browsing on the internet, and I and I stumbled across um, the the Spider Man Two: The Peril of Doc Ock stop motion short by Spite Your Face. You guys know that one? We do. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great film, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's absolutely it's. It was, I mean, and especially because this is the first time I'd ever seen Lego done in stop motion with all the cool like the, just like the animation style was really great. This like the the sets and like the the number of characters and just the cool visual effects. I remember I was completely blown away by it. I had no idea that like this could be done, and I must have seen the thing at least a dozen times. Like the first like the first day I saw it, and um, you know I and I just discovered stop motion so i'm you know i'm you know hyped up and i'm you know really excited and then i remember you know hey i have a a bunch of old lego bricks just kind of sitting in my closet collecting dust i haven't played with these things since i was you know eight maybe i could do something like this and um i guess pretty much from there the rest is history well now do you still keep in touch with paul oh absolutely yeah absolutely he's uh yeah we're still very very close uh in fact i i'm still pretty close with like most of the kids from that i grew up on that block but yeah he and he and i are close and i and he and i've, I've told that story a number of times have you <laughs> skated with him lately 
Uh, no, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, skateboarding kind of fell fell out of fashion, which I was actually really sad about because I, I really liked it and I was actually, uh, you know, uh, kind of good at it. I mean, for being, you know, nine, nine and ten years old or however old, however old we were at the time. But, uh, no, we haven't skated together in a while. I mean, I still skateboard once in a while, but I think uh, I think that era is kind of done. Yeah, sadly, mine's done too, but you do have me inspired to uh, get my skateboard out every once in a while and try to get uh, land a kickflip. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to do it before I get too old to do it. Uh, my yeah, clock's yeah. ticking. <laughs> got to keep got to keep, uh, keep practicing, and you'll, you'll never get too old. Yeah, every, we'll every, once, every once in a while, I bust out my skateboard yeah. to see if I can still do like, like, like a tray flip or you know ride a bull every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, the last time I went out for real, I went to a skate park and I did my wrist a bad, bad job. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you don't that's, heal as fast. That's the part you don't miss. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I, you know, every time I tell myself, "Man, this is so great! Like, why did I stop doing it?" And then I'll try and do, and then I'll try and do like a varial flip, and then I'll, I'll, the board will smack into my shin, and I'll be feeling it for the next day and a half. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, that's, oh, why. "That's why." That's why. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I miss I miss how how much fun it was, but I don't miss the injuries. <laughs> yeah, my my ankles and knees and wrists don't don't yeah, mind not doing it anymore. The older you get, yeah, the the more it hurts, the har- and the longer the har- it hurts. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we we did have have our days in the sun. All right, I'm gonna give credit to you on your uh, on your logo, the brain with the maze. Uh, well, thank you. Unfortunately, I can't take credit for that. Um, that one was uh, that was a Phil Heinrich original. Oh, uh, wow. cool, cool. Yeah, I, I I was needing a new logo because I my old logo was the uh, was you know my Sig Fig the Lego Lego minifigure and just Mind Game Studios and Arial like I, italics. Mm-hmm. It's very generic, and I'm like, ah, I need something. I need something a little less specific and a little more you know. Um, I don't know, like official looking or I don't know. I feel I just need like a new logo idea. And I had this concept, but I had no idea how to execute it. I told it to Phil or did he have the idea? I don't remember. <laughs> I, but either either way, he you know, worked on it for a day, got back to me. And I was like, wow, that's pretty much exactly what, what I wanted. Thank you. Well, it is awesome. Yeah, yeah he, he did a great job. Yeah, cool. definitely. Um, did a really did a cool job. So you have an amazing uh, skill at both animation and sound design. Thank you. And um, we have the Sarah Herman Brickflix book, mm-hmm. and you have a whole section in there, which is wonderful. We read that. Um, and it also has a section where you discuss um, audio for your brick films and creating the sound effects yourself, which I found incredibly mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so any funny stories or, or what's been the most interesting or hard, uh, sound effect that you've had to make? I imagine you've, hmm. had, you've had quite a few. Yeah, I, I can actually, I actually can think of a few stories. Sound and me is an interesting relationship because I love it, but it's, I, I like, I, sometimes I really hate it too, just cause it, um, I have a problem of being like a little bit too, like I, I try too hard to make things as like, as like perfect as they need to be. And that, and I, that can get me hung up on a project for months, sometimes, you know, years on end. I'm, I'm still working on the cleaners. I mean, it's very close to being done, but specifically I still got to do the sound design there. Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest sound effects challenge for me by far, uh, was probably the profession. Um, it's, 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 Sound design and fully recording, I think, is a lot of fun just because it forces you to kind of 
creatively think your way out of a few problems because you know some things some sounds you're not going to have access to but you can do your best to you know get there as best you can with the resources you have so you end up you know combining certain sound effects or you know utilizing a, you know a certain something that you wouldn't expect but it, it may fit perfectly as like the sound of, of another thing or um and and like i don't admit to be i don't uh admit to being like an expert there's still quite a bit that i uh i need to learn but yeah, sound i think is one of those things that i, I wish i more people would pay attention to i, I think specific and specifically among like like independent and young filmmakers because i think sound is kind of just as important to making a film like it's hard to describe but like making it stick making it feel like there's like a certain satisfaction that comes with like when the audio when this when the sound can can properly support the 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 visuals And 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 i've seen a number of films that were great but otherwise just I, like, like something was missing and it was because I think some of the sound effects or just like the sound design in general could have maybe taken another pass or just something about it just didn't kind of, kind of hit you where, where it's supposed to, you know? I think maybe some people just don't think about that. You don't, they don't think about this, the sound effects that you can add yourself and, and a lot of them quite easily and what a huge impact that would have on a mm-hmm. film. I think it's maybe just not out there enough. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. And sound can get really, really technical, and there's and it's it can be really kind of confu- confusing. Like I, I still, there's still quite a bit I don't know about it myself. Like like as far as like the mixing procedures and like and like how to like simulate um, like 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 reverb and environments and such, but or how to like mix in like five one. But anyway, uh, getting back to the topic. Uh, yeah, the, probably the most challenging sound uh, adventure I guess was uh, on the profession. And that was a really interesting film because it took about three years to do. Three or four, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was three. But uh, the sound itself took a, roughly about as long as the film, as like the animation process did, which which was kind of unprecedented for me. Um, because that that's one where I, I tried to do my sound effects as 100%. Uh, original as I could and specifically when it comes to like the fight scene and I, I took a lot of a lot of inspiration from like what what uh, Kishen was doing with with his uh, Lego fight scenes because he always has really really good sound good sound design if you ever you know if you've seen his movies as I know you all have well of course yeah of course of course and um and also I, I took a lot of inspiration from specifically that that the Bourne ultimatum scene he did and just kind of the Bourne movies in general for how sound was utilized and how it was, how it was created to effectively build up, you know, build up the intensity. So there's a lot of, so it's, it's, there's less, it's less reliant on like music and like, you know, kind of your typical classic, you know, you know, Indiana Jones style, you know, whoosh, you know, punch sound effects. It was a lot more like grounded and gritty. You know, there's, you know, you hear like the, you know, you know, groans of them, you know, fighting the the, the clothes rustling and like the impacts themselves. Like, they need to have a bit more of like that kind of fleshy, fleshy tone, like that fleshy quality to it, I guess. Um, and that was tough because I was, I feel like I'm rambling, but, no, but anyway, no, we love this. Okay, that was a tough to figure out because I had to use. Like a, I remember using a lot of different materials to try and get it, and uh, I'm not 100% satisfied with what I came up with, but I, it was close, and I was able to kind of kind of work with that. But I remember I did a lot of things. Like I, I would punch p- 
pillows. I would punch pillows with pieces of paper on them or like wet, like a wet towel. I think I would like smack like a wet towel on like a wall or like a, on like a, like a wooden table or something to try and get like different variations of like fleshy or kind of like wet, like wet, like punch mm-hmm. sound well, effects. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you end up having to kind of combine, combine a lot of them too. And, and then it also like the clothing rustles, that was also kind of, kind of tough because there's a fine line between like when you look at like a waveform on like your computer, there's a fine line between, and I was using a kind of a low, a low rent quality mic at the time. So there's a fine line between, you know, what sounds like, you know, what sounds like, you know, clothes and stuff being rustled under a mic versus, you know, that kind of scratchy, uh, apologies in advance, but that kind of like scratchy, you know, sound that mm-hmm. microphones make when you're just doing, <laughs> yeah. when you're just sort of messing around with it. So, uh, so it, it was hard, like trying to record certain fully and make it like, and kind of make it sound good. And that, and that's probably more than anything, what took the vast majority of post-production time on the profession was specifically just that that fight scene i i really took my time with that one and there were a lot of times where i very nearly gave up just because it it wasn't coming together i didn't i didn't i had this vision for it and i just i couldn't quite get it there but you know after you know enough tinkering with it i eventually settled on something that i was you know happy enough with to to show off i guess yeah no it was fantastic and the fight scene was incredibly real i mean you just you forget that you're looking at lego minifigures thank you so much it goes right into realistic and and had a very keshin-esque feel to it is that um you had special thanks to keshin at the end was that was he actually helping you personally or or was it just because of his style and you were pretty much i mean just because of the style i don't recall if i asked him for for any pointers and i I think he no he lent me a few sound effects because i was i was struggling with them pretty bad and he he lent me a couple a couple of like some of his fight sound effects and they were they were a really really big help but also because i probably watched the uh, the lego ultimatum like 150 times (laughs) during the during the uh, production of profession so i uh i I have to credit him with, with, with some of it. And was that your, do you have a brother that does music? Yeah, I have an, I have an older brother. Yeah. He and, and our good buddy, Brett, uh, they did the music on the profession and I was uh, really, really pleased with how, with how it turned out. Is, I thought they came up with like a really cool theme and I thought like, um, just, I gave them basically kind of control over how to direct how to direct like the use of music throughout it. And I thought they, they did a, they did a really good job. Has he done other ones? Any of your other um, films? Um, I want to say yes. I think I'm more like I don't know. My brother was like a music supervisor on one of the films I did, and he got our friend Brett to to do the music and um, or like it was. I think it was an original piece by our friend Brett. And my brother found it and was kind of able to help and, and sort of was able to help kind of. He had like an idea for how to use this music. He saw my my film. He's like, I have like the perfect song for it, and he he got me this song, and he kind of said like, okay, this is what I was thinking. Like this can go here, and then this can go here, and we have a bit of silence between that. I do not remember which film it was, unfortunately, but I, but, but my brother has been involved with with a, with a couple of my films on the music side of things before. That's okay. awesome. Cool. And just one last thing on on sound and audio. One of the things I've noticed by watching. Uh, I, got to watch all of your your films uh, in the last day or two was your use of silence 
um, kind of the awkward pause the silence. Pauses, yeah. Oh, uh, from like, are, are you talking like my earlier era of? Might have been, but several of them used it, and it just was like they they fit perfectly. The the actual use of no audio uh, was. <laughs> well, it, well, it thank you. You're you're very kind. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt, but no. you're you're very kind. Thank you. Those are actually the films I have the most trouble kind of rewatching, just because. I think I was in a phase where I, I loved that concept of the awkward, like kind of that awkward, you know, person on person silence. But uh, like in retrospect, I'm like, oh, Zach, what were you thinking? Just because I think like the like the timing is so awkward that like kind of goes beyond being funny and just kind of gets a little like, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm harsh on myself, but I'm I, I think I could have tightened up some of those some of those pauses a little bit i i am glad that you like that you like the uh the, the use of the pause there but um i mean i personally wouldn't wouldn't say it's the the, the best jokes I've, I've ever come up with but uh yeah i mean the sound you know some it's not about making like the most intense and the most like technically intricate sound sometimes it's just the utilization of like what's of like what soundscape is, is best for the scene and sometimes sometimes nothing Right. Is what is what works, I guess. And details. It's just it's all in the details, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes it's, it's the little stuff like you don't even think of, like maybe even something happening off screen or uh, just like a little detail to help to help kind of push push the visuals. Like somebody may put their keys down on a table, but you don't actually see them, but you hear you hear the sound of like it, it you know clanking on the on on like on like the, on like the table or something, mm-hmm. and it that helps tell a story. And that, and that is the whole, that's the thing there, is that you don't think about putting that little sound effect in, but going the extra mile and adding that adds so much more to the film, and that, you know. Texture. Texture, Absol- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, I really I really did like my, my, like my awkward pauses uh, for, for a little while. Hey, it all, it all builds up to, to what you're doing now. It's all relative, and I mean, mm-hmm. and it's all enjoyable, you know. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And I, and I, I I'm happy with, with where, with kind of where I've come, I guess, as, as an animator and as like a, as a brick filmer, I suppose. Your growth. No, I mean, I still wonder how you, I mean, nowadays, you know, you have all these tutorials on, you know, walking and, and doing other things and how you were able to get your walking so smooth when you first started. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I don't either because I, like most animators, I absolutely despise walk cycles. Yeah, I hate them so right. much. I hate them. <laughs> They're the worst. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's it's one of those necessary evils you kind of just gotta, you know, put put up with. And I can't even really say I do anything differently than other people. Like like most of the time, like I don't have like at, at this point in my uh, career, I guess mm-hmm. is what you would think. I guess I guess I guess you say that. But I don't really have like one specific walk style style that I use. I it, for me, it's like very situational. But like the basic mechanics are all still there. Yeah. I think so, my daughter's still doing the jumping, you know, the jump walks. Uh, oh, the, like where like the, the legs aren't really moving. Or, right. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't really do anything differently from from most other animators. You know, it's your basic, you know, uh, legs together, one leg up, you know, in between in between the studs for like two or three frames, and then and then land, and then you know, and then repeat, but just on the opposite opposite foot. I guess just what I did is I just spent an agonizingly long time just trying to get them as straight as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, it works. Uh, it works. I, well, thank Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause the hardest thing I think about a walk cycle specifically with, 
a minifig is are those little in-betweener studs where they have to like kind of balance like on like in like not on their feet but like kind of in like mm -hmm. yeah and like even when you can get them to stand upright sometimes what i notice is like they will be leaning to one side kind of awkwardly and then like when you try to fix that they'll either like fall over or start leaning awkwardly to the other side and it's just i remember sometimes like a single frame might take me 15 or 20 minutes just because i'm busy pulling my hair out over this this damn thing that just won't stand to stand up straight and then i eventually decide to get a little piece of tack and say i should have done that <laughs> excellent um so where did you go to college i went to college i went uh i went to ucla and you're from the bay area correct and I currently am in the Bay Area, okay, as a matter so of fact. a little bit of a haul down there. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, living in Los Angeles, that was a... I got very familiar with driving the uh, the I-5 up and down the state. <coughs> mm. I, must have, I must have done at least a, a dozen or two times in my life so far. But, um, no, uh, LA, or UCLA was great. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a really great campus. We're in a nice part of town. I studied uh, design, media, media arts, and... In a way, I almost kind of went to college just to kind of reaffirm that I reaffirm that I'm I'm pretty good at stop motion. I probably should pursue that some in some capacity. But uh, it was still like a really cool experience, and I got to you know meet a lot of really interesting people, including that's kind of where I started first meeting brick filmers like in person. Like was down was down in L.A. Uh, the first brick filmer I met, I mean. I, was like was Doug Vandegrift. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, he's the guy who did like America Outlawed and the Pirates movie, or the, like and the, like the two feature length uh, brick films. I met him, uh, Garrett Barati. I met him at a uh, I met him at like an, an AFOL meet meetup, uh, and, and then I met Forrest and Sean, and and then after that, soon after that, was Paul and uh, Paul Hollingsworth and Brian Hines, and uh, and it, it just kind of became this this cool little, little hub where I could just where I just all these people whom I'd known as a name online, I suddenly could put a face to it. And that, that was, that was just a really cool, surreal experience. Yeah. It is neat that you guys all get to definitely work together and, and yeah. hang out. Have you yeah. gotten to hang out with uh, Chris down there? Chris Salias? Chris Salias. I, I met him the last time I met, I met him the last time I went down. Yeah. Oh, uh, which, which was, which was back in um, June. I was down in Los Angeles for E3 and I got to hang out with, uh, yeah, I got to meet uh, Chris, uh, yeah, Chris, and yeah, we, we got we got to hang out at uh, at Paul's place. It was it was a lot, it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, the, uh, me, him, and Chris, Forrest, and Sean, and a bunch of other cool people. Mm, the brick filming power in that room. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. I think there's a there's a picture on Facebook or something that's, and I think it's captioned like, "Look, like how many brick filmers can you <laughs> stuff into one house or something like that?" <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, um, yeah, but. Um, it was actually kind of funny. Yeah, I went to college really kind of with the intent to like, okay, like, you know, this is my first steps in sort of into the real world. I mean, it's college, not the real world, but you know, you get my mm -hmm. point. This is my first step into, you know, and you know, I'm going to really going to discover myself. I'm going to discover my passion. I'm going to, you know, find what creative cool thing I want, you know, I want to do and, you know, and, you know, and, you know, do for the rest of my life or, you know, however long I can for. And it was funny because, you know, I've I've been like in the arts and I've been like a like in the creative field, pretty much as long as I can remember. But there wasn't a whole lot in that major that I actually really gravitated towards. Like 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 the drawing and like form stuff. That I mean all the basic stuff was fun, but 
we had like like typography i wasn't into that i'm a t terrible graphic designer and i i hate doing it mm -hmm. um i just i don't yeah and it's like like oh game design game design ironically enough i thought was was really 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 challenging and um and i, I didn't know if it, I, I was kind of like uh maybe that's not for me but I'll, I'll get into that later mm -hmm. but uh but i remember i did gravitate towards the like the more video animation and like motion graphics classes you know that's that you know that shouldn't be shouldn't be too uh too much of a surprise but right yeah and then i remember my senior project i was struggling to sh i was i chose to do a senior project in video and animation i was struggling to come up with an idea and then i just figured you well you know screw it maybe i should just make make a brick film for it you know kind of you know you know see what's up and then so i did that and i remember i was living in an apartment and I kind of took our living room table for like a couple, for a couple few days. And I shot this stop motion piece is kind of, at, you know, at nights when I could get, you know, when I can get the lighting the way I needed it to. And I ended up making, um, uh, Teddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So Teddy ended up being my, my final project and it was probably some of the highest marks I've ever gotten on any, on anything in my major before in, in all four years. And I, I looked at the project and I kind of, you know, saw what I you know, saw, saw it and saw the reception. I'm like, huh, well, four years later, uh, well, I guess I'm pretty good at brick filming. Maybe I should just uh, stick with that, I guess. Thanks. Thanks, UCLA. And, and thanks, brick filming. Obviously, it helped and, you and, a lot yeah. in, uh, in college. And, and did, it, <laughs> exactly. did it help you actually uh, to get into the program, uh, showing any of your past work or just <laughs> more? To be honest, I'm pretty sure I got into college from my brick filming, and I'm pretty sure it got me my job. And I'm pretty sure brick filming also got me my job. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Cool, cool. No, because like straight up, um, like in my portfolio, I had a couple of, I have just like a couple of drawings that we were supposed to submit, but the bulk of it was just video clips from my films. Like I submitted stuff from Isaac Newton, from Mirror Perspective, uh, and just kind of some of the other stuff I've been working on. But my portfolio was mostly brick films and you know well i i got in there and uh, when i interviewed at telltale they most of my interview questions was about my prop was about my brick filming process so in a way yeah brick filming is, is kind of paved the, the, the way for me for the last few years which is which has been kind of funny i think it's Interesting. awesome yeah and, and uh let's see did you trademark my game yeah i did <laughs> I, yeah i did uh that i was still in high school and i was like I was still in high school, and my game studio, I mean, was being was rel being was uh, relatively successful. I think that was kind of in the earlier days of YouTube, and um, I kind of like randomly and sort of miraculously, well, at the time, you know, qu I'm quoting here, you know, quote unquote, bl blew up a bit. You know, I, I got a little mm -hmm. popular, and that was kind of when brick filming started to become like a real kind of a real thing for me, as opposed to just like, oh, I think this is some kind of fun I do it in my parents computer room for for a couple of weeks at a time but then you know then i started you know you know actually earning money off of off of youtube and started getting a few you know you know offers for like you know official commissioned work and such and uh i don't know it just seemed like a good idea to do and my dad uh, is a lawyer and, and at the time worked closely with a uh, with a copyright and trademark lawyer and um kind of put put the put that idea in my head and i was like you know what that sounds actually that actually sounds kind of cool 
and got the paperwork filed and uh, yeah, then eventually got it got it trademarked. So it helps to have a, 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 a lawyer. lawyer in the family <laughs> right. to help out with the process. <laughs> it does a little bit. I mean, it probably wasn't entirely necessary, but you know, it, it was it was still kind of cool. So I think yeah. it's very cool. Yeah, definitely cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you. Um, if your dad wants to go down that road again, just <laughs> we'll be happy to, I, I, you know. I, I, I'll, I'll you I can put you guys in contact. <laughs> or, yeah, or I'll put you in contact with, with, with my attorney. and then yeah. we'll My people call your people, yeah. Cool, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, uh, you have kind of a, what appears to be sort of a tight relationship with uh, Nathan Wells. You've mm-hmm. worked a lot of things on uh, things with him. I think you did something originally a long time ago called Feel Great. Yeah, I feel great. And yeah, then, that, I, th- I think that was our first collab. I mean, our first one where we split the animation dues. We had voice acted for each other before, but that was our first real like collaborative production together. And that was all done online too, which was which was cool. He lives what about two or three hours up the coast from you? Oh, more than that. It's more like a five or six hour so drive. He practically lives in Oregon. <laughs> yeah, al- almost. Eureka is way the heck up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I say I'm from NorCal, but he is Nor NorCal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, so he's about five or six hours away. Then my my friends down in LA are about five to six hours away. So I'm kind of st- stuck in stuck in the middle between between the two hubs, I guess. <laughs> So but, um, guy, do you, it, does he come to you then when you guys work? Do you take no, turns? No, I, I usually go to him because uh, Nate, Nate's got the Lego and he also has like the space for it, which I don't really quite have. Well, I mean, or at least he has more of than both of what I than both mm-hmm. of what I have. Yeah, he's he's really really good at uh, his scenic um, mm-hmm. his Lego skills, basically, and uh, which really showed up. Um, in the um, uh, bricks in motion uh, stop motion, I believe mm-hmm. he didn't he do all that um, scenic work in that. Oh, I mean, I mean that that's that's the reason why I keep him around. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, uh, but no, Nate is a, one one of the best set designers I know, I know of. Every one of his films, the 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 art direction and just like the production design is it's always pretty pretty much flawless. Like um, some of the most like creative, just like set just set design and prop design i think i've ever seen like if i ever need an idea for like for how to build something or like a like a to help design like i said he's usually he's like my go-to guy pretty much um yeah and also i mean he designed the sets on the film on the the film we're working on the cleaners uh we did a uh and even beyond Lego, we worked on a uh we worked on a stop motion short for the rogue one uh, video contest was that last year? That must or two years ago. Uh, but it, uh, I think it was, I think it was about a year ago. But um, yeah, but yeah, that was a non Lego, a, a non Lego project using action figures. But Nate was still our, you know, uh, Nate and his girlfriend Danielle were, were like our principal set designers and dressers, and I, th- I thought they they looked great. But it was a completely different medium. It was like foam core and plastic and metal and. And I, you know, we'd never undertaken anything like that before, but they, you know, there were lights inside of it and there were like props and mm. it was like, wow, like, like, it's not, not just Lego. Like you, you've, you've got a gift for this, my man. Mm-hmm. Now, how'd you do the water on the beach? The water? On the, oh, in, in Rogue Unit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a uh, hair gel. Hair gel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was a, uh, that was a really in- interesting shot. I think that one took me about two days to get through because good Lord, that, 
that stuff was a mess. <laughs> um, really, really messy to work with, but I thought, but you know, uh, I, I'm really pleased with how the effect turned out. And, um, okay. I think we have, we have two water shots in there and both of them were, were, were pretty tough. We're pretty tough to kind of do, but I, you, you do sort of figure out a way to, to animate the hair gel. Cause it's gelatinous enough that it can hold a shape for a reasonable amount of time mm-hmm. before, before you got to take the frame. So that, that was, we didn't really know how we were going to do the water effect. That was just kind of like a last minute, a last minute solution that ended up just sort of working out for us. And, and what about the oil or whatever grease came out of the, uh, the drawer? Oh, oh, like that came out of K2. Yeah. yeah. What was, what was that? that? Oh, that was, um, molasses. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I, it was, I loved it was that video. molasses that that Nate would blow out of a straw every frame. I mean, just slowly adding like like a, like a drop or uh-huh. two here and there out of out of like an eyedropper or like a straw, just to yeah. kind of try and animate it pouring out. That, that and and he was in charge of, of doing that because I you know I, I kind of left left him in charge of practical <laughs> like figuring out the practical effects <laughs> like that. Well, I'd hate to be the one cleaning all that yeah. stuff after. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was not fun. And speaking. Of- and, Cleaners. When will cleaners come out? Uh, whenever, whenever I get off of get off of my lazy butt and finish the sound design, and Nate and Nate and I finish some some visual effects. But we want to have it out before the end of the year. Yeah, we're, we're hoping it's out before the end of the year. We're desperate too because we want we want to submit to a BFG, and just we just want this thing at this point. We just want it done. Like we're really. <laughs> We're we're really proud of it, and we both think we're really happy with how it looks and how it, like it turned out. It just needs to we just need to get it across the finish line. But you know we're we're very very nearly there. Well, yeah, we're yeah, very yeah. excited to to see it. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, Nate and I, uh, yeah, we've been basically like brick filming buddies and partners since like uh, 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. I'm trying to remember when his first film came out, but uh, when he back when he was still. Uh, Lord of the Lego, mm-hmm. but didn't y'all have your uh, like a collab uh, YouTube channel? Yeah, for a very very short New York minute. Yeah, we yeah. did. I mean, it still exists, but we haven't used it in years. Uh, My, I, don't, I don't even think I could find it. <laughs> it's a uh, it's uh, called Mind Game One Brick, and I think the only thing we ever uploaded was a trailer for a uh, now defunct collaboration that we uh, never. It was it was going to be a Ben and Andy, Alex and Derek mashup oh. film that never and never ended up finishing it for uh you know whatever reason i don't even remember anymore That's and funny. um you've also uh done some collabs with uh some other folks and companies um uh-huh. i guess first one up i have here is the star wars the force awakens trailer you worked with philip yeah it? yeah we worked with, with uh, phil heinrich on that one yeah that was uh that was an interesting experience it was it was fun and it was it was rewarding, you know. And it was cool to work with him because Phil, you know, knows what he's doing, especially with like the VFX work and just you know figuring out the, the logistics of some things. Um, but it was also a little intense because we basically had to kind of rush ourselves to get through that. Uh, and you know, sometimes when you have two, you know, very strong collaborative personalities, you you you, you can butt heads on on things sometimes. But you know, we we made it work. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was like. That was like the first like like collaboration where I was like where like I kind of like, I don't know how how Phil sees it but like I feel like I, I was kind of driving driving the train a little bit on that one so that that was kind of a cool a cool experience but um yeah I did most uh, pretty much the animation on it and then would send those files over to Phil you know unprocessed with the exception of the digital the digital faces uh, I was in charge of doing those 
but yeah, but then Phil would basically do all like the compositing work. Mm-hmm. Like he had the idea on how to do like the BB-8 shot, how to do the like the X-wings, and um, yeah, and I, I, I thought it, it came together really, really well, and I was really, really proud of, the, of that final product. The last shot there of the Millennium Falcon, um, mm-hmm. how was that? Was that CG? That was all CG. Okay, yeah, I okay. wish I wish I could say that that was that was practical, but that would have been uh, nigh on impossible for the resources and the time we had. So we just decided to go full full CG for that one. Well, there were there were about a dozen other uh, versions of that from other uh, brick filmers on YouTube, and I definitely think yours was def- one of the top two, if not the best one, that came out. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, um, I think the other we, Zach did the other one that was good. Oh, uh, Zach FB, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I know, I know. Hey, we all even, know each other. Yeah. <laughs> even, even when I don't know them, you, you still know them. You know them, yeah. We all, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we all know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have Zach Boyvin on Facebook, so I should say, like, you know, I, 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 I kind of know him, although I, I don't, I don't really. Anyway, but anyway, um, <laughs> back to the point. Uh, yeah, it was like. That's the thing with trying to do like trailer recreations of, of something that's like really big and popular. If you're going to do it in Lego, um, you can expect that somebody will have done it within at least the first 48 hours. Chances are it's probably not going to be very good, but it, it's we're sort of unfortunately in the age where it's not where I, I feel like it's less important who does it the best, but more but more who gets, who gets there first. first, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, there is a, you know, a Force Awakens trailer on YouTube, a Lego one, I mean, and it's like, it was the first one out within like 24 hours. Uh, it's got the most hits. It got, you know, the most, I'm, I'm going to sound really bitter and I don't mean to, but it's got the most hits, but it looks like, I mean, it looks like it was something that was produced in about, you know, two or three hours. Right. And I mean, I mean, and no, no disrespect to the person who made, who made it. I mean, or, well, I guess after I just disrespected your film, but I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, no hard feelings there, but like, you, you, you get what I'm saying though. It's like, right. Well, they got the word. The early bird gets the word. Hey, they, they got early, the views. Early, early bird gets the word and, and reaps the benefits. I don't want to sound bitter now, but long story short, uh, Phil and I realized that we're not going to get, we're not going to stake that claim there's absolutely no chance. We're, I think we're, there's absolutely no chance we're going to be the first, but maybe we can at least try to be, you know, one of the better ones so but like you know within a reasonable amount of time because within a reasonable amount of time because we didn't want to wait too long because then interest would you know would drop off considerably but we still wanted to push ourselves and like really kind of see like okay you know we're both pretty good at what we do like let's let's really see what we can do together yes yes and yeah and and, and, obviously um, it it worked out well so you didn't get the most views but you got the best one out there so You've gone back. You, you can get. You can be proud of that. Well, I, I like to be proud of it. I, I I prefer to not be the judge of whether or not it's the be, it's the best one. But I will say that I am really proud of that one. I'm really really pleased with how it turned out. And you should be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, funny uh, funny story for for when you for uh, for Telltale later on down the line when we uh, when we come to that uh, segment or whatever. Cool. Okay, and you also uh, did a few of the scenes um, from uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two teaser trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, that was yeah a little project with the uh, the animate the animators collective. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I worked with them also, or most of them, on the uh, the Rogue One trailer recreation as well. But yeah, most recently was the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, clip. That one was interesting because um, the idea for that for that one was posited 
Oh, when did the first Guardians teaser drop? That was like back in like uh, 2016 at some point. Like, or, like, like mm, I don't. Was that like in the summer of like 20? I don't. I don't even remember. But it was. James posited that that idea for a while, and I think we just sort of sat on it for like months on end, and like. I don't really know how much progress is actually getting made. We had like a little Google sheet and like a few shots were done, but like nothing was really happening until like a, like a week before, like a week, week and a half before the, like the movie itself was supposed to come out. And then we re- then like, we all remembered like, Oh wait, we're, we're working on this. We get, we got, we got to get this done. And I don't even own any, I didn't even own any <laughs> guardians of the galaxy Lego sets at, at that time. So I was like scrambling just to order uh order characters off of Bricklink and whatnot. But, um, yeah. And then I think I have an issue where I, sometimes I tend to like procrastinate to sort of force myself to like do something. And I think I was kind of daunted by some of the shots I, ch- I chose to do. Cause I realized they were going to be a lot more complicated than I, than I thought than I initially envisioned them to be. But that's sort of the fun thing with, with kind of deadlines and sort of being, forced into a corner by them is that yet you end up well it's either you know do do or die and when you do when you're in that situation you start kind of coming up with creative solutions to to problems you, you may not have have thought of before because you had all this time but you still felt overwhelmed so now you know you're on the clock and you, you got to get something so get some you know get something done well, well, I watched your behind the scenes uh, for that, and I liked uh, how you uh, the group, the little group, uh, you you, uh, you used a, a police officer, and that was cut out with uh, masking and 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 a blue screen. Did you choose the police officer because he was blue, or is just the the Lego that was around that could hold Groot? Actually, funny story. Um, I didn't I didn't shoot the plate with Groot. Um, because. At the time, uh, like the trailer was due the next day, and I didn't have that baby Groot piece. I ordered it on Bricklink, but it showed up like a day late. <laughs> it showed up, it showed up like literally the day after the trailer dropped. But I, uh, you know, I went to James. I'm like, hey, we got we got a problem. I don't have this piece, and I need it for I need it for the scene. And so James was like, oh, it's cool. I got I, I got you covered. And he went and shot this real quick, like five or six frame plate of baby Groot you know, on, on that blue screen with like the blue cop, I'm guessing that was just to make, you know, my life a lot, a lot easier. But, uh, yeah, I, I ended up, yeah. And he sends me this footage. I'm like, dude, your life's ever. Thank you so much. And, and yeah, it was, it was, it was really quick too. It was only like, like maybe five frames tops, but yeah, just like just in after effects, I would just, just cut around the, the police officer, make sort of a general shape around Groot. And then, and then, yeah, just blue screened him in and then keyframed him into position and it, and then color corrected him, and it ended up working out just fine. Excellent. Yeah, that that was a fun one to work on because that was like probably the most like VFX intensive stuff I've done like in years, and it, it was really cool kind of getting to do that, but also getting to do the behind the scenes stuff. I, I want to do more stuff like that if I have any projects down the line. Mm-hmm. And, behind uh, the scenes <laughs> is always cool to watch too, for lots of reasons. So ah, I agree. And you also uh, did some collab type work with uh, the Mad Men. Um, you did some a uh, couple oh, of yeah. clips on that. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So okay, so as you probably know, Mad Men, uh, conc- the, the the TV series Mad Men ended a few years ago. I don't know how long it's been, but um, to commemorate 
you know, the series and its final season and its legacy, they had a, uh, a fan edit of the pilot episode of, of Mad Men, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. And they were asking, you know, people on the Internet to just select a scene for, uh, from the show to recreate in any format, any style that you you want and it was going to be just like this big kind of community collaborative thing and i mean i'm a huge fan of mad men if you couldn't tell by the mm-hmm. by all by the by the uh, the breaking bad mad mad men fan film i did a few years back but um and i did it i, I made a i made a brick film about breaking bad and mad men that just sounds so weird saying it out loud but uh anyway so yeah so i chose i chose a scene and i did a little lego like, recreation and i just submitted it and um, it's actually kind of kind of funny. They uh, got back to me like a couple of weeks later, and they actually said, you know, we really liked your clip. Uh, would you be interested in possibly doing another another one? Because we have we still have a few slots open. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so I, I ended up doing uh, two scenes for that for that uh, for that thing. But yeah, it was that was really cool to kind of get to be a part of the uh, the Mad Men fan, fan cut. I mean, I don't know if like anybody really saw it, but you know, it, it was. A lot, it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a fun way to kind of get to say goodbye to that to that series in my own way, and just kind of show or just kind of like be a, a, appreciative appreciative of it. Or, well, <laughs> uh, I don't know. All I know, it was all I know is I'm also a really big fan of recreating <laughs> recreating scenes in Lego. So that was also that I got to kind of scratch that that itch a little bit too. Yeah. And, specifically and I happen with, to like it because I got to voice in it. You did, yeah, yeah. You you were my uh, Betty Draper. <laughs> so that was cool for me too. Oh, I'm 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 glad glad to hear that. I'm glad I'm really glad to hear that. But, yeah, but yeah, no, that, that was actually a lot of fun because um, uh, the first clip actually utilizes it's like a slow it's like almost like a slow motion scene. So that was interesting to try and do in Lego because I I want I didn't want to like do any like post processing slow motion, so I just had to animate characters really slowly. And then that second shot, the one that you're in, Kim, has this camera movement that's in it through the through like the entire thing. It's just really slow, very deliberate tracking shot. And the first time, and the first time I shot it, uh, I didn't have any like tr- any like camera movement equipment, like or like, I didn't have like a, a slider or or like or the um oh what's what's that tripod head I have? I don't remember. But anyway, um, so the way I was doing camera movements was I was either very very carefully moving my tripod or moving the set like towards the camera and i had a limited window of space just because the camera would 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 eventually bump into it into the set so i had a, a kind of a limited narrow of space to like get this camera movement to work so i ended up having to shoot that scene twice because the first time it ended up going too fast and i got about halfway through the shot before real before i hit the end of the end of the line and the camera movement was kind of completely was completely ruined because I didn't time it out properly, and I still had you know a hundred or so frames to get through. So that that was kind of crushing. Wow. I hate when I do that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's it's no fun having to go back and, and reshoot something. So were you on a time crunch? I mean, it was awesome that they asked you to you know shoot some more scenes. So was it like a limited amount of time? Like we need to have it you know within a week or two weeks or whatever. Uh, I, I think so. I, I seem to recall they like wanted it by a certain by a certain date. I, I don't remember specifically though well awesome that you uh were a part of that and especially for you being such a big fan so <laughs> it, it was a really cool uh opportunity now S- something else for your resume <laughs> that's true i hadn't thought of that 
Now, one of the biggest collabs um, you've done, um, it, it probably is one of my favorite brick films ever made. It's the, the Zeus and Thor epic rap uh, battles. <laughs> yeah, the epic, the epic rap battle oh history. That, That's just that, from top to bottom, some scenic design all the way up to post-production, just it's spot on. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta I gotta uh, give it up to Forrest and, Sh- and Sean for that one. Sean was our storyboard artist, and um, I don't know if there's anywhere online where you can see like the original the storyboards for that that we would submit to um, to ERB. But I mean, Sean absolutely knocked it out of the park. And Forrest Forrest is a wizard with uh, Forrest is, is is a wizard with with uh, like the, like the After Effects and like it's it's like i've learned so much just from like watching and observing him. And yeah, like you said, I, th- I thought. The look and scenic design of Epigraph of that Epigraph battle was uh, amazing. Like the visual effects and just some of the, just some of the things he would come up with was was you know I, I you know I was completely blown away and you know we had some some really good cool help with like the set design. I mean I was I came on pretty much as just an an, an animator. Like I didn't do a whole like any like post production stuff. Um, I vaguely helped out with some of the sets, but by the time I was there, they were all pretty much constructed. Any, most of them were mostly constructed anyway. So I pretty much just got to just kind of let these magicians do their, you know, do their magic, and then and then you know I would, I would get to have my part later on. But uh, working on ERB was one of my favorite brick filming <laughs> experiences. That was the first time I had um, really gotten to like collaborate with Forrest and Sean, and. It was also like the first time I'd gotten gotten to like live in LA since uh, since graduating from college and just kind of live on like my friend's couch for a little while. That that's that's a fun experience. You sh- I think that's to do when a fun experience to have when you're in your twenty your twenties like that. But yeah, but no, it was really cool because. Um, so how long does that take? I think uh, the shooting on that was about a m- month, maybe a little longer, because when I got in, they had already started shooting most of it. And I remember, I think in total, I worked for about three weeks. I, and I lived at their place for about three weeks. Um, there was one week in between those three weeks where I actually left for, for a, I left for a little bit because that because production coincided directly with the production of the uh the documentary we were working on at the time uh bricks in motion and it, it worked out it worked out kind of perfectly because i was living with force and sean working with them and then phil and then the crew came into la and i picked them up and then we did the did an interview with force and sean and then i was able to depart with the crew from la and then travel you know travel along the coast get you know hit the interviews we were supposed to um and then i would i dropped them off in the Bay Area, I hung out at home for another couple of days and then flew back out to Los Angeles. And I just kind of picked up where I left off and just went back to kind of crashed on their couch for the next next couple of weeks. And we hammered out uh, ERB. It was very kind of a cool sort of um, it felt kind of like very like 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 vagabondy kind of because I was just sort of this this traveler and just I was in my car, just kind of not staying in one place for more than a more than a, well on, on the the documentary was cool because we were not staying in one place for more than a couple of days. It was kind of, just kind of roughing it out with a crew, and then I turn around, come back to LA, and I just you know crashing, crashing on a couch, just you know playing playing Xbox with some friends, and also working on this really cool collaborative stop motion film for Epic Rap Pedals of History. So it was kind of, kind of a little bit of paradise, I guess. 
Yeah, and huge learning experience getting to work with such um, amazing talent. You oh, absolutely. So much. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I, I don't like think that, you can that... learn any more than when you're actually watching them and working with them. I mean, that that's the best experience ever. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, like, that experience of working with them had, like, kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities and just, just the general necessity of collaborating of, of like working with with other people especially on projects like this because i feel like brick filming well because the brick filming community it's all you know on or so much of it is online it tends to be seen as kind of this or it tends to be this very isolated art form in the sense that generally most of the time like the individual is responsible for every aspect of production you know from like writing the thing to you know the the animation to the set design visual effects cinematography lighting lighting sound post you know all that all that stuff you generally have do more or less on your own because it's hard to collaborate you know with people online and i was like that way from for many years now i was almost kind of an isolationist in that sense because i wanted to be you know the master of my, of my own my own creations but working with them it was just, and having so much of the stress of of all that kind of taken off of you while also sort of um, abdicating a lot of those jobs to people that are infinitely more talented than you are and like, like at, at that particular thing and then letting them kind of do do their own their own magic it, you know to help enhance what what you what you're working on and you know you know and that's that's I mean you're everyone's at the top of their game and they're working to kind of help put, push each other and then you end up making a pro, a final product that's you know t- 10 you know 10 times better than anything than what you could have come up with if you were just trying trying to do everything yourself and a lot more enjoyable too i mean it's just magic it mm-hmm. just ends up Ex- being magic <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah exactly <laughs> um and just yeah you just get to um get you get to share in like the highs and the lows of filmmaking but just you know with with, with a few friends and even like when it get when it's good it's good and when it gets bad ah, you can just take a break and go you know go out go out and see a movie or go you know play some video games or something but you're you know you're with you're with you're with people you like hanging out with so yeah because brick could, filming is very be... you know uh solid solitary so mm-hmm. being able to work with other people and, and share it, it it is just would be really nice yeah. for us <laughs> if it could ever happen but definitely uh yeah. can see the benefits so much so um mm-hmm. and and obviously yeah. in the results too yeah uh, yeah i don't mean to sound like like i'm like, like thumbing my nose or being like nah, 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 nah. like i got to clap i'm not i'm not trying to do that <laughs> oh no <laughs> we we love it i mean we if, if we're we're the ones that are you know far out in the jungle and nobody ever comes over here but we if we ever had the opportunity oh my gosh absolutely it would be so much fun the the, the, the monkeys out, out, out in the jungle yeah, yeah right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but oh i mean you guys are some of the, the more prolific you know voice actors in the in the brick filming community so you know you, you got that going for you yeah, I think it's only me just because I'm a girl and there's very few girls. I think that's the only reason. But I, I'll yeah, take whatever well, I can get. T- t- well, touche. But you know, you're you know you're 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 the you're the go-to, and we all we all love you, Kim. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and you and you too, Dave. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, um, if we could kind of move on here, so we before we run out of time, um, you oh, did oh. a couple collabs with School of Life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And well, it, yeah. What you, you there was keep going and there was a uh, no one is normal. Um, yeah, on, on being normal, on being normal was weird. The, the, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the for the opportunity and I'm happy for the job, but working on that one was a little, 
Eh, like I, I don't really know how I feel about that one. Although keep going, I'm I'm actually very still very very proud of. Like I think that is like I I, th- I think it's one of the it's one of my favorite things I think I've worked on. Well, there were some shots and effects that I really liked in those. Uh, one where the it was in Keep Going, where the person gets out of the bed and they pretty much bounce out of bed to the doorway. Mm-hmm. That uh, that was probably one of my favorite walk cycles I've ever seen. It's just so <laughs> light on his feet. Um, oh well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to give him. I think I had just seen uh, the Lego Movie at uh, the time, and um, I remember some of like the early scenes when Emmett was waking up, and there was this like way they animated it uh that like i hadn't really seen before but and almost was kind of averse to because i have this style where i tend to be very um i don't know how to describe like i guess i tend to like try to mimic real life as much as i can so i guess i have more of like a like a like a realistic style and i i don't tend to stray i don't tend to animate more cartoony i tend i think i tend to go more true to life but um I remember like some of like the early scenes of like Emmett waking up. I remember like when he's like jumping up after doing like his exercise, he's like, I am so pumped up. And, um, I remember like, I was just kind of going through that frame by frame and he, he like jumps up a couple of times, but it's a very cartoony looking jump. And I realized going through frame by frame, like there's like, it's almost intentionally kind kind of herky jerky, but like to comp, like to comic effect. And I had never really thought about, doing that in my own films just because i always kind of equated that that with like i don't know being like lazy or like not like taking the time to try and like do it like do it you know realistically but i think that was more like just like a you know more of like a a lack of a lack of insight on my own part but anyway um I saw the Lego movie and I, and I saw like just kind of how to, how they animated like characters being happy and kind of bouncy. And I wanted to give, to uh, give that a shot, I guess. <laughs> well, it was, it was really yeah. cool. And another thing that stood out were, was a couple of transitions you made from like a wide expanse to a shot in the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, and then there's another one where I guess it's the shot in the park. Then it goes to him in bed. It was just it oh, yeah. focused on the face, but it was turning, it was just some really cool, um, uh, transitions and uh, thank were, you. Were those difficult to create? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How did I? How did I do that? Um, so I think I, I think I sort of did the old classic where I did that shot twice and then just kind of superimpose superimpose them at the same time. I think what did I do? I I must have rig. I, I'm pretty sure what I did is I built a rig um, to my camera from my camera to the character so that he could remain consistent consistent in the middle and kind of the same distance okay so um so yeah I, I had the character on a rig and then i would and then i had i had to animate the camera doing this this weird uh like z-axis tilt and um yeah yeah because i wanted the camera to follow to follow the the character and and and, and like how, okay how can i describe this hang on a second um yeah so i had the character rigged up to the camera and I basically had to animate doing the, the yeah, this kind of goofy tilt and I had to do it, uh, twice once in the park and then, and then once in the bedroom well, it worked out and, uh, and, um, yeah, it was just a matter of just like trying of, of just kind of eye eyeballing it and just trying to get the, uh, you know, when I superimpose those two shots together, trying to make it as, you know, as seam seamless as I, as I could. And, um, it's not perfect, but I, I, that was kind of one of the, one of like the trick shot transitions I really wanted 
it like that was one of the ones I envisioned like in the first place, and I and I'm I was happy that I, I was somehow able to able to pull that off. Well, you pulled them off, and they were really awesome. I I, I don't think I could do those. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate that. <laughs> and in the other one, you did a um, this will probably be a little easier to do. You did a TV flicker uh, on the face of a person a TV? watching TV. How did you do that? A TV flicker on on the oh in um in no, on being it's normal. Normal, yeah. Okay, how, yeah, how did I do that? Oh, um, oh, I think that was, uh, uh, Life Lights. I okay. think that, I think, okay. um, yeah, that, those are just those simple little Lego LED lights. I, I must have plugged them into, um, some of those, like, little one-by-one, one, um, you know those little one-by-one one bricks that also have the stud on, like, the side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I had, like, a bunch of those kind of, just kind of, piece together and i had the, the life light stuck through those and they're just uh off camera and i had to kind of shine them onto the character's face okay that was cool well, that's cool that's do it cool. yeah doing like like uh practical effects for like screens in camera is really really hard to do <laughs> just because um usually because when you're working on a scale that small uh you know a you don't have a lot of lights that like you know are are that smaller you're kind of like you can mimic you mimic, you know, what you need and be like, you have to like arrange the lights in a way that you're not casting any awkward shadows or anything like that. But that it's, it's a lot harder to do. Like I, I found it's a lot harder, to, harder to do in stop motion than I think a lot of people give may think about. So I don't know. I've, I've never really been too, too happy with some of the light flicker effects I've gotten, but you know, you, you, you do what you can. Well, that was cool. And what was the one we watched this morning where they were at the bus stop and he was wearing oh, a helmet. Oh, that, that one was oh, one of your fat uh, bus, bus stop. <laughs> bus stop. Oh, bus, oh, bus stop. stop, yeah. yeah and one of the things you did is you actually had the face turning inside the helmet um, mm-hmm. or the mask. And I, I guess you have to take the ha- helmet off and then turn the head and put it back on and just realign it perfectly. Pretty pretty much just that, yeah. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not too, too, too hard. Sometimes with, like, with minifig helmets like that, like like ones that like can kind of lock into place. So you have like a little. There's like a little bit of wiggle room. Mm-hmm. Like like that one had has like this little this little chest piece that that's what kind of keeps it lo- locked. That little headpiece locked into place. But you know you, you might have like like a millimeter of, of give room just because like you know it, it's on a round head. You, you can you can turn just a little bit. But it's the kind of thing where if you're not consistent with that, you know if if that thing it keeps you know even if it's as subtle as that if it's moving at you know, 12, 24 frames a second, you know, that thing's just, that thing's going to be just, you know, j- jumping and, you know, wiggling around kind of indescrib- indescribably, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, the whole time. So, it, so it's, so it's just a matter of, you know, being able to eye- eyeball, eyeball it and making sure that like that headpiece is, is exactly kind of where it needs to be between frames. That's not like, you know, jumbling around. These are just kind of the little weird technical things you have to just sort of constantly be aware of. Well, that one, I was looking at it, and there was no movement on the helmet whatsoever, just the face moving. It was very cool. Yep. Thank you, thank you. Uh, that's probably what I spent, spent the majority of the time anima- animating that, because it's a, it's a relatively low-key, well, it was a 24-hour 24 24-hour contest film, but it's, it's pretty low-key even for even by that by that standards. Mm-hmm. But, and it, but, you know, it, it, it was fun to work on. I, I always enjoy the 24-hour contests, and uh, it, that was kind of a fun challenge. Get And I, I wanted to use that hazmat guy for the longest time, but I just yeah. have, haven't found a good a good use to yet. Well, until then. Until then. I suppose. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, the animation for the Bricks in Motion movie uh, was that mm-hmm. shot up at uh, Nathan's or at uh, Phil's? That was at Nate's place, yeah, or his old his old place yeah, in those... McKinleyville. But yeah, um, yeah, that that was that was all done at Nate's place. Okay, yeah, that 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 actually had some of the best, some just beautiful animation in it, uh, especially the part uh, going across the log. Oh, thank you. I, I I did that part. Mm-hmm. And I, and you. I love the deer though. I guess that was just about five or six deer that you were able to just. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That deer. I, I actually I never animated. I tried animating the deer once, and it's just a lot of replacement animation. It's a lot of replacement animation because Nate. Yeah, Nate built. Um, gosh, how many? How many different? I want to say there are at least like eight between mm. eight and ten different stag builds, and it was it was just replacement animation because it was. Uh, such a unique design, like design by Lego standards. There's no way we could build one to make it poseable and animatable. So we just, so Nate just had to, you know, build the different, the uh, the different variations for like its leg, its leg movement. So we just had to swap them out and just be very, very careful with them and and where where we would uh, where we'd place them. Now, did you travel around um, for that as well, making that, or were you? Yeah, uh, are you talking? Just, are you talking just the animated portion? The animation he just drove. No, up no, just for um, for the rest of it. Oh, he went. Oh, for the rest. Oh, for the rest of it, absolutely. Yeah, no, there a lot of traveling involved. Uh, you know, for the post production, for or, I mean, for the uh, that animated bit. Um, yeah, I traveled up to uh, McKinleyville and worked with. Um, yeah, worked with Nate and Phil. I think I worked on it. Over, well, I I couldn't spend all my time doing that because I think I was I think I was working at Telltale at the time. I, I, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I had to come up over a couple of weekend over a couple of weekends to help out while Nate and uh, Phil did mo- most of the animation in, in during the weekdays. But um, oh, but as far as tra- travel goes for the rest of the documentary, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as I was saying before during the forest segment, uh, we had a segment, we had a bit in the documentary. It was a uh, a West Coast trip, so it started off in Los Angeles. Um. Yeah, we interviewed four like people like Forrest and Sean and Garrett Barati and Paul Hollingsworth and Tommy Williamson and uh, uh, Rachel and uh, a few other people. Uh, we went. We would go down to San Diego, interviewed Rachel Dew and her family, and and we traveled up the, up the coast basically into uh, Lompoc to go interview uh, James Moore, and then I dropped. Yeah, so I basically I traveled kind of through Southern California for the trip. I dropped off. I dropped the crew off at the at the airports because they had there was another leg they had to go to Canada to go shoot, and uh, and that was just the the North American uh, side of things. We reached one of our stretch goals in the Kickstarter document, the Kickstarter, and that allowed us to uh, go to Europe actually to go to go meet and shoot some of the uh, the European brick filmers. So that was that was really cool. That was the first time I'd ever gotten to really travel abroad. And it was for, it was for a brick filming documentary of all things, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, we got to do quite a bit of traveling. We started off in England, a few towns there, uh, like, uh, London, Stoke on Trent moved into, uh, to France, stayed in a few places there, uh, Paris, uh, Molsheim. I don't, and then one other place I don't remember the name of, but, and then, uh, and then out, uh, out into, uh, Germany where we were in, uh, Stuttgart and, and Berlin. So, wow. I probably should. I probably should mention who some of the people we interviewed as well. <laughs> um, yeah, we interviewed uh, like people like Chris Salt. Uh, he's an old brick, old brick filmer uh, named That's Buxton right. from. Yeah, yeah, you know him. Uh, we interviewed uh, Maxime Marion, uh, France, and Alex. 
Uh, um, oh, and uh, Stefan. Uh, 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 Stefan Troger, uh, 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 go let go. Obviously, we know all those. All those yeah, we're people. huge fans of everybody you went and talked with. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, as were as were as were we, and it was, it was really cool getting to meet them because that's one of those things where I never thought in a million years I was ever going to get to meet. You know, I was ever going to get to meet Stefan or or Maxime or you know or the likes. But you know, it was just kind of one of those things like opportunity. You, you never quite know what opportunities you're you're going to get presented, and that that was just a really cool, really really cool, and I'm really uh, grateful for that experience. And uh, I'd love to go back out and and, uh, and visit some of those some of those uh, people again, just to you know go say hey, maybe even collaborate on something. Yeah. That would be fun. It would it be, would no, be wouldn't it be neat if like everybody everybody could just get together in one central place and just meet, uh-huh. have this big brick <laughs> filming party, and you know it's probably why we get along, just because we don't meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a blast? Yeah, I would. would I would amazing. love to do that. Yeah, just like go. Yeah, meet and like like a go go like go rent out like a giant warehouse studio space and then just have like a giant you know brick filmer meetup party and and just work on something. Yeah, because it's like be you've cool. at, you've actually met a lot of people, but you feel like you know you and I have like corresponded for years and years. So obviously we're friends, mm-hmm. but this is actually the first time we've spoken. You know, audio at, at, like at at length. Right. But um, but you you know these people, they're friends, you know, even though yeah. you've never actually met, we're all mm-hmm. friends, you know. So it's like, oh, I know him, I know him, I know her. Right, exactly. And that to me is like the spirit of the of the community. Like, that's like that's what's made brick filming so special for me, and that why I've I've stuck with it, you know, as as long as I have. And especially like in the like the early early days of like, you know, this is you know the kind of thing that began, you know, back back on the days of you know the brickfilms.com forums, but. You know, just that spirit of collaboration and just the desire to meet people and to help them grow and, and be helped by them to help, you know, kind of grow the craft and sort of in general and kind of just within our, ourselves, our own abilities. And just like that we're so not not only willing to, but like eager and excited to and to meet people and to, you know, make friends and work on each other's stuff and uh yeah, and just that, that to me is just the, the cool, the coolest part. That's like been the most life changing part of, of all of it, really. I agree. It's mm-hmm. an amazing community. Everybody's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. All the countries. I, I love it that we're connected with people and we correspond mm-hmm. with people in different countries all the time. And uh, absolutely, I, I just find that amazing. Absolutely, and you know, and here, here I am getting to getting to you know getting to hang out with you guys on your podcast. You know, you do, it, like. Like we said, you get to correspond, get to hang out with some really cool people, and get to have a lot of fun doing it. I agree. Love it. And, I, um, you know, brick filming has helped you, obviously, in um, college, but also helped you. We'll get into the telltale. Help <laughs> right. you get into into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I owe a, quite a bit <laughs> quite a bit to brick filming, it seems. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I like to think that, I'm pretty sure, yeah, brick filming, like I said, got me into college, and I'm pretty sure it landed me my job at Telltale. Because um, I remember the majority of my interview questions uh, for the the position I was I was uh, applying for, most of them were about my brick filming. Because I submitted my YouTube channel along with my resume, and I guess that was what caught the recruiter's eye, probably even more than my the storyboard t- test they they had all they had all. Um, applying cinematic artists do <laughs> and what type of work did you do there okay so uh so like so like i said i was a cinematic artist so um 
So for the for those unfamiliar with Telltale Games, Telltale, uh, it, we make or I shouldn't say we. Telltale Games makes um, episodic, story-driven games, very, very cinematic and narrative-driven, um, and they have a different release schedule than most other companies. They have series rather than individual whole games, and there's episodes, and they like kind of periodically release release new episodes of a season over the course of like a year. Um, but, uh, getting back to it. Okay. So our games are, I gotta stop saying it, saying it, we an hour and stuff like that, but I'll get to that. Um, anyway, so the games themselves are very cinematic and like all, they almost would seem closer to like interactive television or movies more than like actual, than like your average video game. And, uh, what they, what my position was, was basically, to do the cinematics on it. So basically what a cinematic artist a Telltale does is they they're the cinematographers. They get like they're given the environments, the characters and like the the like like the animation library and the the script and the dialogue and we're basically told just to go at it, like make make the the movie of this scene. Like we're given individual scenes and we work in the engine and we basically block characters we block the camp like the cameras uh we are responsible for um like like pacing out pacing out like the dialogue and the timing the the flow and the editing of the shots we even uh basically generate the performances for each character uh we're i mean we basically put the put we're basically given all the assets of the game and it's our job to essentially put it together and is this put together this is all digital components or do you have actors or uh um, well, um, my job is it's all digital. Okay. Or or it was I mean my former job it's uh it, it was all digital all done on the computer. Um, you know, occasionally you know we'd collaborate with like the animation team if we needed like a specific action or something and we need to record like uh like uh, like reference footage we might go out with them and like with like a little video camera and like you know you know do whatever action we need onto like a onto like like a like a mat or something you know for safety but. Uh, yeah, but in general, it's all done on, on the computer. So it's basically what we were doing, or it's basically what I was doing with brick filming, just except within a video game engine. Okay, so, okay, video <clears throat> game engine, I see. Yeah, yeah, so it's all done in, en- it, yeah, or my job is all done with the uh, with Telltale's en- engine. Oh, okay, okay, interesting, interesting. Um, and and I, you, and you were there for, what, two years? Uh, about two and a half years, yeah, yeah. Um, it, pretty much up until up until uh, earlier this month, yeah. Okay. Okay. Great experience, though. Lots of fun. Um, you know, it it, it has its ups and downs. You know, there there are times of fun. There's also a lot of times of you know, you know, it's it's when you work in the games industry, you you find that it's um, it, it's it's a bit demanding sometimes. I mean, you work with a lot of really talented people, and you collab, and like you know, we were just talking about collaboration, and you know. And you're all kind of forge these friendships and these relationships kind of just in the fire of production crunch. Um, and, you know, it's really cool to do a job that, you know, you're you almost kind of feel like you were designed to do. And, you know, and, and it's really that, that's really cool. And you get to work with a lot of people doing the same thing as you are. So there's a lot of like minded folks. But um, and, you know, I have some great memories of working at Telltale. I have some 
less less than great memory you know great memories because but you know i don't i don't regret b- being there at all awesome and, awesome yeah and yeah and like and you you learn a lot you learn a lot just about your own process and a little bit about yourself when you're sort of faced with these you know these 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 hard deadlines and sometimes it kind of comes down to like okay like you know i ha- I like I, I have to get this done just somehow and like i don't have a whole lot of time to do it so no time to you know mope or complain about now's time to just just it's it's gotta it's gotta happen get, get, gotta go it's, it's gotta it's gotta move i don't know if that made any sense or not it but, did, and it, but it's <laughs> all good experience though whether you know it, it helps you learn and do other things you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, thing is a learning and, step for something else exactly and plus it's it's always it's good to have on the cv so again like i'm i'm happy i'm happy for my time at telltale and i um it, and it's been a really, really, really good, uh, really cool experience. Cool uh, learning experience. Get you into your next opportunity, and uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, yeah, I suppose we. I suppose we will. Well, we're getting kind of long in time here, but I, I feel negligent that I probably haven't. I, we haven't mentioned two of two of your most awesome brick films: uh, Emperor's Guard and Stranger Than Fish Fishing. <laughs> um, oh. And I love those two. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, th- anything inspire you for the emperor's guard is it just a concept that came up to you uh emperor's guard um i wanted to make a star wars film and for some reason i just thought of the guard i know i i um uh, a friend of mine let me borrow i think a um like a big old bucket of lego he had i had to give it back eventually mm-hmm. or maybe i was borrowing the character but he gave, he let me borrow that red emperor guard figure and it was the only one like i had and I loved this guy so much, I wanted to make a film about it. And then all of a sudden, I just thought of, wait, Red Guards, like the Buckingham Palace Guards. Okay, cool. And, like, they never speak in the movies. So, yeah, there, there's a, a joke to be had there somewhere. Yeah, that was funny. I, I appreciated that. My family's all English. I've seen the changing of the guards and all that. So I definitely <laughs> appreciated that one. That was funny. Well, I'm, very, I'm very glad. I'm very glad that's what I was going for. Um, yeah, Emperor's Royal Guard was fun. Again, it's more of that awkward pause stuff. I'm not a huge fan of in retrospect, but you know, I, I appreciate that. You know, a lot of people seem seem to like that one, and and uh, yeah, and yeah, and and Kishen, uh, d- does the voice of the guard, and you know, for 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 what it was, I I, I was pleased with it. Short films um, always have a you know are, are quite popular. They're they're easy to watch, especially when especially. they're funny like that. So it's just one of those things that's you know, just watchable over and over again. Thank you. Especially when they're Star Wars based too. True. That's, that's helpful. And definitely loved Stranger Than Fishing, if I'm not oh. incorrect. I thought I read it, uh, won the first place at the sh- uh, UCLA's Short on yeah. the Hill Festival. Short, sh- yeah, Shorts on the Hill. Shorts yeah, the um, hill. yeah, that was really cool. And Profession uh, ended up winning um, something else too. I think that uh, I have, I think that, that ended up winning, like there's like there was like another larger uh, like 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 campus mo- movie festival or something, and, and profession ended up winning like best animated there. But oh, uh, they, they, I'm all long story short, that was a very good year for me. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Stranger Than Fishing, that one to me might actually still be my favorite film I've made. Um, just because I um, I'm just I somehow that film just kind of came together in a way that like it it hadn't before and. Um, I'm just, I think I'm just really pleased just like it's the one I can watch and I, I like I guess every filmmaker is their own worst critic so just kind of bearing that in mind when I say this I, it's the film I can look at and I see the fewest like 
flaws or things I would change about it. And that was the one that started out, you were going to write it one way, and then you took a break and completely changed how it how it ended up, right? Exactly, yeah. I st- okay, so I started this project. Um, I was a freshman, I think, in college, and I came back to home for, for spring break, and I really, really wanted to make a, a short brick film. So I had this idea. I had this idea for a little one-joke film about, hey, this guy's going fishing, and then he... And then the punchline is that he'll he'll catch this really really big piranha looking thing and it's gonna swallow him in one bite and then shrink back to the size of a normal fish like like its mouth like comically gets huge sw- swallows this guy and then jumps back in the in the ocean that and and that, that that's the film you know and that was originally what I was going for but uh, I only got I only got through the first like 10 15 seconds of the film you know within that week off I had from school before I had to fly back to LA and I had to put the the projects on hold. Um, but I think that was to the project's benefit because I had, you know, like you said, I had a lot of time to just be away from it and kind of let that idea sort of percolate in my head a bit. And I, and it kind of evolved from being simply a one joke film. I had like a little other idea. I kind of kept getting other ideas for it. I had this little, this weird Atlantean shark minifigure that I'd gotten some random set and I was like, I got to use this in something. I don't know what, but this character is too hilarious. I can't not use it in something. And, um, yeah, I just kind of kept coming up with these ideas for it. And I, and I returned home over the summer and I had basically a brand new film in my head and I just kind of picked up where I left off and yeah. And, and it turned, and it turned into this, you know, three and a half minute or three minutes and 14 second long, uh, thing. Which was funny, and then I had to laugh when uh, it talked, and we recognized James, also known as Spastic yeah. Chihuahua. Yeah, good old so James Spastic. Yeah, the shark. James. That was just funny. He's still on my case about about when I'm making the sequel, and I and I, <laughs> I, I, I have I have a couple of ideas, or at least a, like an idea for like a, like a joke one off film involving that shark character. But now he's now I'm I'm sure if I ever actually go through with that, uh, I could convince him to uh, reprise the role for oh, me. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that shark. That's a great character. He was funny. I loved him. Thank you. I'm I'm really happy with with uh, James's with uh, James's performance, <laughs> and and that that shark character is just it's hilarious to me. I, I love I love that the the face on it. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I love him so much. Yeah. Well, you don't you know you see a shark coming up and then you don't expect like the mouth open to start talking. It's like oh okay, it's totally different than what I was expecting, and that's what's great about it. It kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of a Saturday Night Live skit where a shark comes up to the door or Sharkagram or something like that. I don't remember. I mean, this is from, like, Blushy. Thank you. Jim- that's, that is such an incredible compliment. Thank you so much. Sharkagram. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that would have been uh, Jim Belushi, not as, what, what's his brother? John Belushi. John Belushi. John, John right. Belushi, not Jim Belushi. Yeah, that's right. a, yeah I'm yeah. so used to Jim. I hardly remember John. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but anyway. Um, well, now, well, now maybe, maybe I have to make that sequel now, so. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Mm-hmm. And as much well, as I hate, I mean, we actually could, like, keep you on here for another two hours, but. Uh, oh, that, that, would, that would be a blast, but I know we all so, have. Kim, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to talk, talk your voice out. Well, yeah. I have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a kid that I have to pick up from school, too. Oh, yeah, that, that's important to do, um, I suppose. But uh, we'll have to do this again, then, if you don't mind, like maybe after the cleaners, after you're uh, uh, another shark. <laughs> and oh, maybe ab- even ab- a panel type situation. Any, anytime, anytime, anywhere. I, I awesome. had a blast, and I would love, I would love to be, be on this again. Well, I can't thank you enough for um, spending this much time with us. It's really been so much fun. I, I knew you'd be awesome to talk to, and we've really been looking forward to this. So, 
Thank the, you. The pleasure, is, the pleasure is all mine. I'm glad we finally we finally got to do this. All right. Yeah, awesome. nice to finally get to talk to you, and mm-hmm. it's, it's been fun. That, that's the great <laughs> thing about this, and you you have been so kind. Oh, thank you, so thank you, and you, you guys you guys have been have been a pleasure to talk to talk to and be interviewed by. Well, like I said, we're going to have to continue this because we still have a lot more that we didn't even touch on. But uh, you're going to be doing so much, and we're looking forward to seeing the cleaners and uh, everything else that you come up with. So wish you the best well, with uh, with your job and, and everything else that you do. Well, thank you so much. And, yeah, any anytime, anywhere, just give me a holler. Awesome. All right. Well, you know, we're always here for you. So we will uh, look forward to chatting with you soon. Thanks. Perfect. Thanks, Zach. You take care. Thank you. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Zach for being so generous with his time. And thanks to everyone who stuck with us through this entire podcast. Please check out our sponsors and partners on the Brick Filmers Guild homepage. And don't forget to check out Zach's amazing Brick Films on his YouTube channel, Mind Game Studios. We want to give a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters, Spugastu, Something's Awry Productions, and Frame 5 Studios. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Don't forget to enter your best Brick Film of the Year into the 2017 Brick Filmers Guild Film Festival. The deadline to enter is December 31st, 2017. If you would like to sponsor one of our podcasts, please contact me through one of our social media sites. We'd also like to thank Kevin McLeod for his wonderful music, which we use for our podcast and in our Brick Films. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please rate and comment. We'd really appreciate that. So, until next time, bye y'all!